0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Meta Minds podcast and today we have Jacob, also known as Punting for the People. He is an Australian athlete playing American football in the German Football League. Yeah. So
1: very interesting. Quite um, diverse.
0: Yeah, would you be able to tell us about how that started? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, yeah, so basically uh, I played local uh, AFL or Australian football and uh, had an injury and work commitments and that kind of thing, got me looking into other sports and from there uh, I found American football locally. Played for a couple of years, discovered I had a bit of a niche. I was pretty good at it. Mm. Um, And just through mutual contacts, um, you know, trying to go over to the States to go to college and that not kind of working out, I found the European leagues. And, And then, yeah, next thing I know, I'm on a plane going over to Germany to play in the top European league. And, uh, and yeah, from there, it's kind of the rest is history going into year three, mm-hmm. um, second town that I'm going to be playing in in Germany and, and yeah, kind of becoming a bit of a household name over there, which is good. That's great, man. How, how did you um, get discovered or how did that happen, the transition into going um, to Europe? Transition, like my first year playing here, I played locally in Brisbane. Um, my rookie year, I set a couple of records, was a very, very good wide receiver. That's one of my positions. Um, got selected to go into the Australian National Camp. Uh, mm-hmm. Just my luck the year after was the World Cup um, for American football. Went to the camp, um, which was held on the Gold Coast. Um, I made the 70-man squad. Um, didn't make the travel squad, unfortunately, just due to my sheer lack of experience um, and knowledge of the game. But funnily enough, the head coach of the Australian National Football Team, his name is John mm. Um, He was a coach in the German Football League of a team called the Dresden Monarchs. Um a couple of years went by still played locally went to have make the move to college that didn't work out um next step was Europe so the one point of contact I had was John Lighton mm. got him on Facebook message him not sure if you remember me but uh you know this is what I'm trying to do I kind of said you know I didn't expect to be uh, at that level of German football because it is the highest level there's ex-NFL guys there's huge na- names that have been through that league I just kind of hit him up as a point of contact for other teams other leagues and he kind of said, "Yeah, I remember you from the camp. Just a one, you know, weird question. Why don't you want to play for me?" And mm. I was kind of like, you know, I didn't really expect to be at that point. So he gave me the lowdown. That was around September, uh, two and a half years ago. Uh, what they do in terms of their contracts and how everything's placed around that that kind of league. And um, by I think it was my birthday, late October. About a month later. I was sitting at my desk in my apartment, signing contracts um, and getting flight details and heading on over. So, yeah, it was just more a point of contact to get into that league because it is a very hard league to get into. Um, There's many people that I've tried to kind of give a point of contact to, but it's, yeah, it's very cutthroat industry at the moment trying to go to Europe for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny that you like just had no expectation of that happening at all? Yeah. Just by absolute chance, you just reach out. Like, you can show that just, like, all you've got to do is just, like, ask yeah, and throw yeah, your wants it. out it's, into the world. And sometimes it can just- and it's really the funny. Um, there's yeah. guys
0: that I was expecting to be going over to play in, like, Finland or, or Sweden, one of these leagues where it's kind of very unknown. Mm. And uh, there's only been very minimal Australians kind of have that ability to go that far into semi-professional, professional leagues outside of college in America. Um so we're kind of an unknown over there so when they say there's this Australian football player they just Mm -hmm. go it's like you know when you talk to people about Australians you know they think we ride kangaroos to school (laughs) and and you know when they say we've got this Australian coming in they're like oh you know they kind of take a step back so it was really interesting to have number one that point of contact into that league and number two be so readily accepted Mm. um, for a position which was good but Um, Since that time, there's been so many more Australians make their way over and there's still Australians that I think have the talent to go over there. It is really just that they haven't thrown themselves out there or they don't know who or how to throw themselves out, which is a big thing.
1: Reach out to John, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) he's he's coaching this
0: year. He's back after a year Uh off. He's coaching a team in the same league. We're going to be playing against each other twice in the year, Uh which will be great. Um, he's coaching in Dusseldorf for the Panthers. They've just made their rise up to the top league. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we'll see each other two times this year, which will be a which will be a fun little reunion. Yeah, we'll see how well. see how we'll go. We'll get a photo afterwards and all all yeah. the the bits and pieces. So it'll be good fun. So it's yeah, it's just really amazing that um how much football can bring people together as well, and how much of I guess the ability it can give you to travel and and do things that you want to do, and that's probably one of the things I tell. All the younger people uh, that are looking to go to college or do that, it's like obviously college is the first thing, free education, experiencing a different culture. But if that's not an option, always look at going to Europe because you can, you can pay for a European holiday, but you can't experience the things that you experience being an athlete over there. Mm. It's just an insane experience. The culture is amazing. The people are amazing. And the fact that you're kind of, you know, your job is, is your passion. So it's a great thing to, to be able to go over there and do it. That's mm. for sure.
1: Mate, I'm not good at football, but you sold it to me. Where yeah, do I yeah, yeah, last <laughs> Yeah, just
0: uh, <laughs> if if you're looking in terms of how I did it, it's um, learn how to kick a football really, really hard and really far because that's yep. kind of my niche right now. Yep. Is, my um, padded is padded. My yeah, is <laughs> is I can kick a ball like AFL has. You know, I went uh, to a high level in AFL, but was never at that point of playing in you know the top league in Queensland or the AFL or anything like that. But you know that kind of exposure to that league has definitely helped me inside American football. Mm. And, um, and yeah, when now, when they have Australians coming over to Germany or Europe, the automatic thing they ask and is, can you kick a ball? Because they see that AFL background. They see that Australians that are in the NFL at the moment. Most of them are punters, mm. uh, which is my position, hence punting for the people. Yep. <laughs> um, and yeah, they just automatically think you can kick a ball. So it was good that I could kick mm. a ball. Um, because that was the first question that John asked me was, okay, you can play receiver, but, um, can you kick yeah. <laughs> that's that's another thing is selling yourself on multiple positions mm. and that's another uh, benefit i have is i'm a multi-positional athlete um so they can kind of kill two birds with one stone if mm. they bring me over which is another uh, high marketing tool for myself as a player which is yeah. good so when you were doing um, the training in australia for american football mm. were there any differences when you went over to the german football league Did um I think just the prof- professionalism. Mm. Um, you know, most of the guys there, the Germans have been playing since they were young. They have youth leagues like we do here, but they're much more professional. So, training's those three nights a week with the whole team. Mm. Here, you'd be lucky in a normal team to get anywhere from 15 to 20 guys showing up to training. Mm. Um, over there, you've got anywhere from 60 to 70 wow. uh, night cool. in, night out. Yeah, uh, film session before training. Uh, You know, proper team warm-ups, proper drills, Mm. splitting up into positional groups, very much similar to that of like a college or an NFL kind of uh, team or organization Uh, because obviously over there they have the ability with sponsorships, um, they have their own practice facilities, Mm. these kind of things, the more money that's been put in over the time that the German League's been going Um, It just makes it more professional and more cutthroat. Um, Obviously, the influence from the Americans coming over because they pull in American imports every year as well. Bringing that experience from college and implementing it into the teams Mm -hmm. is a huge, huge thing. So, yeah, definitely uh, more cutthroat in terms of the training, uh, definitely more strict in terms of expectations um, on the field and off the field, Um, and then just generally a a higher skill level
1: and professionalism around the entire league and organisations inside the league, that's for Mm -hmm. sure. So obviously a lot of people's like they're much more motivated to kind of get into it because of that but like because the reward's much higher but do you think that affects the kind of like just having more of a team kind of mentality and people show up to training every day do you think that affects the the culture more? Yeah
0: especially the the motivation to obviously your teammates yes but because there are that many people only certain people can play every week only certain people can dress like there's at the team I was at, the Dresden Monarchs, there was guys that week in, week out were basically fighting to be able to, to put their kid on on the weekend. Yeah. Um, so these German guys were motivated because they wanted to be not only a part of the team but a part of the team that would play on the day. So um, there, there was guys that, yeah, you'd see them come in week in, week out and not dress and you just kind of feel feel bad for them. But the motivation that they show and the desire that they show to come in and, and perform at a higher level every time to get that opportunity is huge and I think that's where the league here is a little bit more minimalistic where people play both offense and defense and some people don't even come off the field so at that point you you can kind of tend to get a bit lazy and a bit more laid back like your position is not at risk so you can kind of you know take your foot off the pedal a little bit um, whereas there it's the minute you take your foot off the pedal, you know, it's next guy up. So mm. if you do something wrong, it's next guy up. Whereas here you do something wrong. It's like, well, there's no one to replace you. So, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? So that's the big thing. Are you
1: calling there. Australian culture lazy? <laughs> know what's happening here, man. <laughs> um,
0: So yeah, it's, it's definitely more, um, you know, and that's what comes when, when it comes to things that have more, uh, money input into it, more people doing it. Um, a larger fan base, those kind of things, the pressure automatically builds and the pressure creates, uh, I guess, a hunt-or-be-hunted or, or kill-or-be-killed kind of mentality inside the team, which is great because it just further motivates everyone to perform at that higher level. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I've found over the last two seasons is even my performance here in trainings and in games, uh, going over there and having that kind of mentality in training um, just increases your game and your physicality and your mentality more. Um, like the amount that I've improved in the last two years, just from going into every training like it is a game situation, you're competing against guys, it's more physical, your your game just improves by, you know, tenfold. It's
1: That's it's crazy really and it just comes down to mentality, I suppose, because yeah, more people it. are more, like, motivated to actually get into it. So mm, it's like, because yeah. all the teams kind of much better together, everyone performs better because they're much, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah everyone's Whereas I can, striving. I can yeah. imagine, like, in a more kind of singular game where there's not as many players as sub in and out, you can kind of have this ego mentality where you're like, I want the ball and I want to score the goal. And exactly, yeah, yeah. but there's none of that where it's like, it's, there's yeah, no yeah. chance of that, which yeah. is good, I suppose.
0: And it gets to that point where the the teams, kind of the coaches have had so much, like a lot of the coaches can be American from American colleges. So they bring that kind of, you know, no excuses, you know, if you if you don't play well, it's, yeah, it's like I said, next guy up. But also, um, you know, there are no individuals on the team there's that point where the coach will stamp out any individuality or anyone wanting to be that superstar like if I don't get the ball then there's an issue kind of thing so that you don't really see that a lot or at the same time if there is a player on the field that is is you know on a roll on a hot streak the coaches will see that and will feed them the ball and 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 basically capitalize on that due to obviously their experience of knowing how to run a game or run a training so that's kind of another difference between here and there is, I guess, the professionalism inside the coaching and the development side of things. Um, and that all just comes back to um, development through youth leagues. Like we've got uh, over there, I ran a, uh, a summer camp for kids, um, kids anywhere from five through till 14 coming in for a week long on summer holidays to come and do flag football, learn mm-hmm. the rules, the basics of American football to kind of implement them into the club and build them as time goes on which is what they have in America, Canada, all these kind of other big American football countries. Here, most people play AFL, Rugby League or Rugby Union and it's not till late teens, early 20s that they kind of make that transition to American football because they either want to try something different or um, they've kind of maxed out their capabilities of that sport. And most people watch it on TV, don't understand the rules, don't understand the positions. So by the time they're, you know, 2021, like I was, I was 2021. And when I was asked what position I wanted to play, I said, I have no idea. I can jump and I can catch. What do you think? Mm -hmm. So the, the, how prepared people are here compared to there is, you know, 10 years in terms of development difference. So that obviously creates a huge difference in times with professionalism and how easy things run and how smoothly things can be done as well by having someone that's you know, been around the sport and understands the sport for a decade longer. Yeah. Mm. That's a huge I don't thing. think
1: I've ever seen it on yeah. Australian TV. So yeah, that's
0: like, it. You know, unless you have Foxtel or something yeah, like that yeah. um, satellite TV, you'll be surprised. I think seven mate displays two games a week or three games a week mm. and, you know, there's sixteen each week during the season. 16, so you're getting yeah. you're getting, you know, near not even 15 20% of the exposure yeah. um, you know then when you talk about college just division 1 alone there's over 130 teams hmm. so that kind of you can see where that difference between exposure and knowledge is is where it comes to australia and america or australia and germany as well cuz yeah that league in germany is very professional, like two, 3,000 fans at a game. Mm-hmm. Some games, depending on the size of the stadium or the kind of game that it's going to be, it could be seven, eight, nine thousand. eight, 9,000. So, and the fans buy, you know, custom jerseys, they buy fan gear, they buy calendars, there's merchandise, there's that marketing and that almost commercial side of the sport, which here really lacks, you know. Yeah, it's definitely know, not as. You've huge got of a guys working thing, yeah. their nine to fives <clears> and they rock <throat> up in their team polo shirt yeah, and there's wives and girlfriends watching yeah. the game so it's definitely a huge amount of difference between how the leagues are structured as well which mm. is good
1: so that kind of transitions into a question that i really wanted to ask is that like when you're surrounded by 10 20 thousand people in a stadium like whenever i watch live sport i can you know i just like can't even imagine it's that it's like mm. the pressure on the players even just thinking that for one second and going, hold on a second, I've got 20,000 people watching me, let alone the people live watching on TV or whatever it is, like, does that affect your mentality and does that ever slip into your mind where it makes you kind of, because that can make you trip up real good. It can be be a
0: positive and then also a negative. Like, the best example is our big game uh, in the middle of the year in the big stadium. We have, I think, eight eight thousand is kind of the average yearly attendance and they're all behind our sidelines. So it's super loud. Anything that happens, it's exciting. It's it's you know, it's like you're in this little mouse cage and everyone's screaming directly at you. And the the difference or the the I guess the advantage or disadvantage I have as being a punter is when I get on the field to punt the ball, all the pressure is on first and foremost the person snapping the ball to me. It has to be a good snap. It has to obviously get to me. After that, once the ball's in my hand, I control everything. If I drop the ball, if I get tackled, if something happens, the blame is on me. If I kick the ball bad, the blame's on me. If I kick the ball great, it's awesome. It's the best feeling in the world. You go crazy. So that, that position, like a f- kicker in the NFL trying to kick a game-winning field goal, you have that same, I guess, motion going emotion going through your head where I could basically flip the script on this game if I do something wrong here. Mm. So that's where you kind of have to train yourself and your body and your mentality to, I guess, feed off that pressure. I, In that position as a, as a punter, pressure is something that I enjoy because there's nothing better than having everyone expecting you to not do well and then execute more than expectations Mm -hmm. so there's been times where you know snaps have been bad and I've been running around after a ball and last minute kicking it and getting hit and all these kind of things or um, you know putting it one yard outside where I'm not allowed to put it past and all these things and you get that emotion of you know I couldn't have done any better and I could have done a lot worse so it's definitely something you get addicted to the adrenaline and the rush of performing under such a high amount of pressure And then also on the flip side, when it comes to playing wide receiver, last year I had my first touchdown score and, you know, the pressure, like I caught the ball, I was running, I was open, you know, the ability to score was there and the pressure of being tackled or not being tackled was there. But because you've got so much adrenaline pumping, you're just not even thinking about everyone that's in the crowd, everyone's screaming at you. It's kind of you do get that tunnel vision. Like all I can really remember was seeing the ball in the air and catching it. And then I had tunnel vision of basically the ball in my hand and the guy behind me trying to catch me. Mm. It wasn't until I actually scored where I stopped and heard the fans, heard the na- like my name being called because I scored, actually being able to celebrate. And even then, like I was kind of running around like, what do I do? Because mm. you're just in this zone where you just don't know what's going on. you kind of, it's almost euphoric, um, which is really, really cool. Um, and but then also on the other side, if you do something wrong, I guess it's a, it's the complete polar opposite. To it's not so much a euphoria; it's more of a downward spiral. Of you know, you get into that mentality of I've just stuffed this up. You know, how am I going to get out of this? Everyone in this stadium right now hates me. You know, you think you can hear them whispering like, you know, this guy sucks. Mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. is he here? Kind of thing. So I haven't really had a position where that's happened yet. You know, touch wood, but. It's um, it's definitely. I can see how both both of them work, but it's a mm. huge, huge um, pressure situation. Sometimes, which it sounds like
1: like on. the mental game side of it is a huge part of it. Do you yeah. have any kind of mindfulness practice, or does a team have any kind of mindfulness practice that they integrate in terms of um, that? Or?
0: This year, our, our motto was, you know, the only pe- people that can beat us is ourselves. If we mm. do our job, then we can we can obviously win. The other team can't beat us if we you know convert everything we meant to convert um another thing is uh, every week is a chance to go 1 and 0 every week is a chance to win another game you can't talk about the week after this week you can't talk about the week that just happened you might have lost that game but you can't go back and change that you've lost you that's that's that yeah. this week is a chance to go 1 and 0 and if you go 1 and 0 every week in the season undefeated, you end up winning a championship. So that's one thing is is trying to disregard that negative mentality of, oh, no, in three weeks we've got to play the best team in the league or, you know, oh last week we, we only barely just beat this guy, these guys that sh- we should have destroyed or whatever it might be. But, yeah, so it's really a, a dust yourself off and don't worry about on the anything yeah. that, yeah, isn't right in front of you at this point in time is something that I think every team instills in their players. Um, And I think another thing with mentality is um, because it is such a huge team, you know, you get a roster of anywhere from 70 to 90 guys, 50 on the day. It's very much a, you know, you pick me up when I'm down, I'll pick you up when you're down kind of mentality. You come off the field, something's not right. You always get your pats on the back from the coaches, the players. They understand the pressure Mm -hmm. in a league like that from not only the fans, but, you know, yourself, the pressure you're putting on yourself. Um, they understand that because they're in that same situation. So it's very much um, uh, keeping a positive mindset throughout the team as well. So when you do something right, you can hear them yelling and screaming, saying, good job. When you come off, you talk, you laugh. You you kind of just, yeah, let water off a ducks back mm. when it comes to that. So I think teams in a professional environment make it Easy for you to be positive, but they make it very hard for you to, to have a negative mindset because of all that stuff they're implementing, which is That's great. really good because yeah,
1: yeah. I've heard, <clears throat> it seems like in the sport realm, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago... It was kind of the flip side of that, more of the opposite, where it's yeah. like, you did really poorly there. Like, what's going on today, man? Mm-hmm. But obviously, now that we're a bit more conscious of that 30 years yeah. later, we can see that that just it makes everything completely yeah. worse. So, it's yeah. good that it's like, it's okay, you miss it. it doesn't matter. You'll get the next one. Like, yeah, that's that's a, yeah. much way better to yeah. approach it.
0: Again. And I think these days, especially, not so much inside sport, but in general, um, we've become such a sensitive culture to criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when it comes to sports, you know, a coach yelling at you is seen as a negative thing. Um, whereas in a professional environment like that, the coach yelling at you, yes, you're going to get yelled at. Yes. You're going to feel down when they're yelling at you, but it's all constructive criticism. It's all constructive. A coach is never going to yell at you, um, in a bad way. They might say something like, you know, you should have caught that ball. What were you thinking? Mm. But after that, they're always going to say, I know you, you know, I know you're capable of that next one up, like next, next play. Don't, you know, shake it off. Should have caught it. You didn't next one. So there's always that, you know positive, negative, positive sandwich is what I like to call it, just going through like my previous work experiences. You know, if you're going to say something negative, you're always going to finish it with a positive or start it with a positive. You never want to just completely neg someone out. Yep. And that's where the coaching and the, and the positive influence from the teammates come into it. Um, yeah, back in the day, there was obviously that, yeah, you're, you're either good or you're not, you, you suck or you're great. So there's always negative feedback. But, yeah, it's definitely a different kind of mindset in that kind of high-pressure situation. Um, and I think when it comes to these days with things like mental health and, and athletes being under so much pressure, it's so easy to kind of tip the scale and, and go overboard in that sense where you overload yourself with pressure that you just affect yourself emotionally and mentally. So they also want to make sure with your, um, your positive mindset and your positive mentality that that's kind of also directly affecting your, um, your, your mental health and how you're feeling outside of football. If you're only getting negative stuff inside the game that you love and what you you know want to play and your passion, if everything's negative, that's obviously your escape most of the time. That's where you love and do things that you love. So if that's negative, it's just going to have a negative effect on everything else, which you know, happens sometimes, but yeah, you got to try and prevent that as much as possible, which is, I suppose that's where having
1: a good diet and good sleep and good every kind of social life outside of that is really important as well.
0: And when you get to that level of, you know, professional or semi-professional football, it's not just how you do on game day. They monitor things like, are you working out enough? Are you on the right diet? Are you going to your physio? How many beers are you having? Yeah. (laughs) Are you drinking? Like, you know, one of my vlogs, I did a beer tasting and I had to sit there and go to the the camera, I was like, coach, it is a Sunday. It, I, I put <laughs> yeah, this one yeah. up on a Thursday, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I'm not coming to training drunk. <laughs> Same with one of my eating videos. I did a big thing, of a big burger, and I had to sit there and go, if you guys are watching this, my coaches." I haven't eaten anything all day. You know, this is my meal. No, I, I like know how many roll. calories yeah, i am yeah, yes, <laughs> so, And I know they watch my vlogs. So I had to kind of sit there and say like, you know, I'm not doing the wrong thing. I'm not coming to training drunk after this video gets posted at midday on a Wednesday. Mm. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing where they look at your diet, your nutrition. Um, if you're coming in with your head down, if you if you do have issues with, you know, your your mentality or your emotions, um, they'll pick up on that because it's a full-time job. You see them every day. You You talk to them every day. You're going through film. They'll see you in practice, not, you know, with that kind of head down, sh- hunched shoulders kind of look. So um, that's where... It has to where, be like a life
1: coach type. Yeah. Thing.
0: So that's where, you you know, if you have an issue, you sit and talk to the people that you will talk to at that time, especially because you're away from your family so much. You, you know, you've obviously got Skype and those kind of things, but time differences. So you'll find that you'll have that small group of players that are like your brothers. And, you know, you talk about your family mentality inside sports. Um, but also the coaches are like your your father figures. Like during the season, if you have an issue, most of the time that's who you're going to, just like in family life when you're a little kid and you had an issue, you go to your parents. Um, so you really have to have that trusting relationship with your coaches and your other players. So if you are feeling down or having an issue like that in any part of your life, whether it be football or diet or physical re- you know, related, you have to be able to talk to someone about it. So if you're not feeling comfortable or you're feeling nagged out about, the team that you're playing for that automatically negs out any kind of you know communication you can have so it's like saying the only person i can talk to is my dad but uh he always yells at me so i don't want to talk to him so all you're doing is just making it worse inside your own head Mm -hmm. so that's another thing is yeah um have creating that positive space inside the team um, especially inside the international players is hugely important because if you can't talk to the other international players who are going through the same thing as you um, all the coaches who have brought you in there to to maintain a positive attitude and be a high-performing athlete, you know, who can you talk to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if the people that are going through the same thing as you can't, you know, relate with what you're thinking. You're kind of stuck in a, you know, you're trying to find a corner in a round room kind of thing. Like it's, it's very hard. And so that's where you'll find a lot of people, you know, there's been times where guys have gone home halfway through the season due to, you know, emotional issues or missing family or, you know, there's all obviously things like family emergencies and injuries and things like that. But there are times where people will go home because of those things because they don't feel like they can, you know, push out their emotions in that way. And that's the big thing when it comes to when you get to professional level of sport is making sure you have that balance. Um otherwise you can kind of, yeah, really easily tip the scale in the wrong direction instead of the right
1: one. There must be another kind of amazing, fulfilling part of the actual I mean obviously you get to play a sport that you love in another country, but then also you kind of have this family around you that everyone's yeah. in the same position yeah. with the same mentality. Yeah, develop yourself really great... as well with yeah. these people. Yeah.
0: That's it. Like um, before going overseas, uh, you know, I was a certain kind of person. And now that I've been over there and experienced kind of this, because you're not living, you're not making a huge amount of money. You're kind of living off shrapnel, if anything. You know, you, you get set to this, you know, minimalist lifestyle where nothing, you know, you don't want fancy things. All you want is good people good times and, and fun. And that's kind of what keeps you going through the season. No one goes over to European football to make millions of dollars or make money to set themselves up for retirement. You know, you come, go there, have fun, make enough money to feed yourself and then come home and, and you know, work your normal job until the next season. So having that, yeah, that family mentality is huge because those are the people that you're you living some of the best moments of your life with. Mm-hmm. When you go on a, on a Euro trip or you go on a holiday, you're going with your best friends and you're experiencing it together. So, doing that inside of this, you know, football, this team mindset, um, those guys you have to enjoy being around because it's, yeah, it's literally, it's a it's a seven-month long, you know, working holiday, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're in a new culture, you're completely um, abroad. You know, when I went over there, I knew no German and I'm going to a place where English is a second language and I'm expected to shop, cook, clean, you know, live a normal life in this area. So having those guys there, they're experiencing the same thing. So you have fun and go out and do these kind of things. So it's definitely um, a good thing to have those kind of uh, positive influences on you around those guys. And a lot of the time, the Americans are very, uh, I guess, sheltered in terms of culture shocks. Like Australia, you probably get it a little bit more, a bit more multicultural. But yeah, the Americans that come over, not being able to speak you know, any German, it's it's very much interesting to watch them, how they, um, I guess, communicate with the German players. And it's it's really, really fun. And I recommend it for anyone that, that has the ability to do it, um, whether it be a working holiday or whether it be going over and playing football or playing sport or, or doing something like that. Because it is, you'll find that you'll change yourself personality-wise. Um, you'll change and you'll really, I guess, um, become more accepting of people's backgrounds and cultures and uh, when you're really just thrown in the deep end of something you know a culture that you're not used to definitely a a huge
1: learning experience travel as always yeah that's great so we've got about 30 seconds left is there any kind of actionable quotes or anything that's kind of helped you get to exactly where you are for anyone that's aspiring to do anything similar to what you? yeah
0: for sure um as you can see i got a ton of tattoos um i have a quote tattooed on me which i kind of live my life by and that's risk everything regret nothing so if you don't have anything to risk, you're living in the safe zone. If you're regretting anything or not doing something, then you're not living. So yeah, risk risk versus reward. Reward's always gonna o- overweigh the risk. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, if you wanna take a bet on yourself, take a risk on yourself, do it. Don't regret it. Don't sit there when you're 40 or 50 saying, man, I wish I could have lived those two years overseas. Mm. Man, I wish I could have started that business for myself. I could have been making millions now. Mm. Man, I wish I had went and bought bitcoin <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well we all say that <laughs> <don't> <laughs> that's, oh, that's, a, that's
1: a great way to end yeah it. yeah i think yeah. we've i think we've ended it so yeah. Thank, yeah. You thank, you. No, thank you very much thank you show, very much for man. having me it's great yeah thank you